So let's uh, spend some time in God's word, learning more about him uh, so that we can grow in the knowledge of who he is for us. I would like to turn your attention to Psalm 13. Psalm 13, this is a very wonderful psalm written by David when he was in a distressed situation. Psalm 13 verses 1 to 6. I want to read all these six verses to you and I ask that you follow along as I read these six verses. Psalm 13 verse 1 to 6. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Verse 5, because I have trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. It's a psalm by David. Psalm 13 was 1 to 6. I want to give the title for the sermon as this, Abandoned by God. The title for today's sermon is Abandoned by God. Now before I go on, I want to let you know that this title is not a doctrine or a theological statement, but it is just David's feeling that he expresses in this psalm. So my title today is Abandoned by God. Now, if I were to go in a theological circle and make this statement, you know, it can be a lot of, a lot of questions will be raised. How can you say that God can abandon? So I'm not making a theological statement or a doctrine here, but rather I'm sharing what Psalmist David is expressing through this Psalm. Because as human beings, as we live on this earth, we will always walk through circumstances or situations in life where we may feel like God has abandoned us. All along in your life, you may have enjoyed God's presence. Uh, you may have learned that God is the one who goes before you. He's the one who protects you. He's the one who keeps you, etc., etc. You have learned all these scriptures, but there will come a situation in your life where you will feel like maybe, maybe God has abandoned I don't know if you've ever experienced or been at that point in life, but I can say that I've been at that point in life. At those seasons of life and I felt like maybe God has taken his hand off of my life. Maybe he has moved away from, those, from, from my life. It is one of those dry seasons of life where sometimes you will feel as if God is not speaking. He is not hearing. He is not doing anything in your life. And during those situations, you will have this feeling that maybe God has abandoned me. Maybe God does not hear my prayer anymore. That is why my prayers are unanswered. Maybe God does not see my situation. And what we see in Psalm 13 is David expressing, sharing his own experience about how he felt as if God has abandoned him. You see, when I look at this psalm and as I look through it and I read through it, in many situations, David never hesitated in expressing what he felt like. In fact, when you read the psalms, it feels so raw. 
you know that emotions that come out of out of the human heart he pours out his heart before god he never was hesitant he never thought to himself why should i say all this in prayer i'll just go sing some good songs and come back Why should I say these things in prayer? I can just go say some good things and come back. No, when you look at the psalmist, he pours out his pain before the Lord. He pours out his doubts before the Lord. He asks questions to God. And what does God do? He listens to all of that. You see, when we come to prayer, when we come to God in prayer, we must understand something that we are coming to a savior who understands the depths of the human heart. we're coming to a savior who knows the pain that human beings can go through he knows the agony that you and i can go through he knows the disappointment he knows the the disturbing thoughts that come in your mind he knows every detail he knows the people who have backstabbed you he knows all the pain that you're experiencing the betrayal and you know what he's waiting to listen to you and what we see in the psalm is david pouring out his heart before the lord You see sometimes when it comes to prayer we can be a little hesitant and we may think that praying and expressing my emotion to the lord is not a good idea but let me remind you this it's okay to pour yourself out in god's presence in fact more than pouring yourself in front of people more than sharing your troubles to your best friend i tell you share it with the lord you will walk away with a peace in your heart because you look at all of the psalms david will begin with the, with a disturbing thought oh god what is this what is that but at the end he will always finish on a positive note and it's a sign that when he goes into god's presence pours himself before his presence god gives a solution amen and you look at this psalm in psalm 13 was 1 to 6 he begins like this saying how long o lord will you forget me forever He begins with all these questions and it comes to verse 6 what does he say I will sing to the Lord for he has dealt bountifully with me It's important to pour yourself out in the presence of the Lord If you're betrayed by a friend don't talk to 10 people If you're disturbed if you're discouraged by some people around you don't talk to the whole world talk to God because he will strengthen you He will strengthen you We look at this story of Hannah in the Bible She was the mother of Samuel the prophet and what did Hannah do in the temple of the Lord she poured herself out in God's presence in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 10 it says like this she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly wept bitterly because she didn't have a child and back in the day not having a child was almost like a curse almost like a curse because according to the traditions they believe that a woman who is unable to give birth to a child is a cursed woman and hannah is going through those times when she is unable to bear a child and what is she doing what is she doing weeping bitterly before the lord we must ask ourselves this when was the last time i wept bitterly before the lord i poured myself out in the presence of god when i faced a problem when was the last time i poured myself in god's presence wept bitterly sought him for that situation i tell you when we do that we will receive an answer you look at the life of hannah hannah what happens later is that she gives birth to samuel the prophet 
the baby that comes out of her was a mighty man of god god heard her prayer she poured out her soul before the lord and the lord heard her god always hears no matter if you repeat the same thing 100 times he still hears he still listens to you and when it comes to your personal lives i encourage you church pour out yourself before god's presence sometimes there may be a pain that you cannot express to people around you you cannot you may not be able to say it loudly or you may not be able to share pour it out before the lord because he will surely hear everything that is happening to you amen can we turn our attention to psalm 13 verse 1 to 2 i want to go verse by verse and talk to you about a few things that are happening in this psalm because as we go through the psalm we will learn the reality of the human life and how god listens to us psalm 13 verse 1 and 2 says like this how long o lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Now the first two verses in the psalm are all questions. And if you look at the word how long, if you look at the phrase how long, it's repeated over four times. David is asking, how long? How long O oh Lord how long will you hide your face from me how long must i take counsel how long shall my enemy be exalted over me so questions after questions to the lord the context here is that david was chased by saul so that he could be killed saul was after david's life because he knew that david is going to be the next king of israel that he is the anointed one so david he was anointed from being a shepherd boy he was anointed as a king and was he able to live a peaceful life no he started running from one cave to another one place to another hiding himself he was going through a tough time and in those times he says this how long o oh lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face how long must i take counsel sorrow i have sorrow in my heart all day long how long shall my enemy be exalted over me So Psalmist pours out his heart before the Lord. Now there's something that we must understand. For us as God's people, you know, when we think of this subject or this title of being abandoned by God, for us as God's people, sometimes it may seem like okay, this doesn't happen. I remember years years ago before I stepped into ministry when I would hear about pastors struggling with depression. it'll be almost as if you know something is wrong with him and that is why he is struggling with depression it may seem like christians never struggle with depression it may seem like you know if a christian is struggling with sorrow that means he has done something really bad in his life but the reality is even the greatest men of god can go through times when they walk through depression i was reading about charles spurgeon who was one of the best preachers to have ever lived even he struggled with depression so there will always come these times when you will feel dry you will feel as if you are abandoned by god even if you have been a long time believer even if you've been serving god in full time ministry sorrow pain 
depression, distress, everything will come to you. And sometimes people will come to you and share how they feel about God's presence. You will be like, yeah, I remember once upon a time, I used to experience that. Times like that will come in your life. And it's important for us to learn how to handle those times than to say, oh, that's something that never comes to me. It's important to learn how to handle depression in the Christian life so that we can cope up with it and learn to overcome that in the name of Jesus. When you look at Bible commentators and scholars and historians, they say depression is, or this feeling of abandonment is quite a common thing in a Christian life. In fact, feeling of abandonment is also a spiritual and a psychological issue. And counselors who often talk to such people say that many Christians feel depressed. And one of the main reasons for depression is because they feel like there is no one to care for them. Because there is no one to care for them, they also go on to think that maybe, maybe God has also abandoned them. So this is a common issue that needs to be dealt with. Okay, am I clear so far? Psalm 13 was one to do. Psalmist is dealing with a certain situation here and he's pouring out his heart to the Lord with questions saying, how long, O Lord, how long, Master, how long will you hide your face from me? Now, we're going to look at these two verses and we're going to understand why Psalmist asked these questions to God. We're going to look at four reasons why Psalmist make this, makes this prayer to the Lord. The first reason is this. Prolonged struggle. One of the reasons why David expresses what he says in the psalm is because he was experiencing a problem for a very long period of time. He was going through a situation for a long period of time. Now, when a trouble comes to you, when a problem comes to you, and, it, and it's solved in two days, you'll be happy. If a trouble comes to you, and it takes over three months, four months, or five months, or even a year to get solved, I tell you, every day of your life will be as if it's hell on earth. It'll be difficult. And what we see here is that David was going through a prolonged struggle, which means an issue that was lasting for a very long time. And that is why he uses the word saying, how long? He's not saying, Lord, how difficult this trouble is. He's rather saying, God, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And this word, how long, is repeated four times, which tells us clearly that he was facing a prolonged issue. So when troubles last for a long time, for example, when sickness comes and goes on, treatment like cancers, it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, I... Really, the grace of God helps people who are sick, I tell you. I, before the lockdown that happened last year, one of, my, one of my mentor's wife, she was diagnosed with cancer. We went to the house, we had a good time, we were talking. And just before we left, they told, shared us, uh, they gave us this news. And we were literally shattered after we heard that. And we've seen the hand of God over our life since then till today. God has healed her completely. The doctors have said we couldn't find the tumor anymore. Everything is gone. 
But they have to go through a season of, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, this and that, and the side effects, you know, you lose your hair, your skin turns dark, so many things that keep happening over and over again. And I could look at all of that and say, it is the grace of God that carries them through. But on the other hand, when people walk through that, depression can come into their life. This feeling of abandonment may come into their life that makes them feel as if God is not hearing them anymore. So prolonged problems can be one of the issues. And second is this, lack of blessings. The second cause of depression or feelings of abandonment is that there is a lack of blessings. You know, when you come to Christ, the first few years are very exciting because you're like a little child walking through a fair, through a you're enjoying, you like it, you see miracles happening, you see the word of God preached, you're excited. But few years down the line, you don't see miracles happening. You don't see nothing happening. And you're wondering, God, what are you doing in my life? Where are your promises? Why aren't they fulfilled? Where are the blessings? See, the lack of blessings in our life can cause a feeling of abandonment. Sometimes we may walk through times when you will feel like, God, I wish certain areas of my life can be better. I wish that you could bless my marriage more. Because sometimes, you know, when you get married, the first six months are very exciting. Very, very exciting. And after, you know, when the child comes and, you know, everything. Please don't think I'm sharing my family problems. I don't have such problems, you know. God has given me a good family, but I'm just sharing uh, family experiences in general. Eventually the child comes and, you know, time gets tough and, and uh, you know, the first year of marriage, you get to see each other very often. And in the second, third year of marriage, you see each other while passing by. Things change. Marriages can get difficult sometimes. And sometimes you may wonder, God, why isn't it getting easier? We may ask God, why isn't my relationships getting easier? Because when we were children, sometimes relationships were easier. But as we grow, we get angry too soon. We're wondering, God, why? There is a lack of blessing in certain areas and we may often interpret that as maybe, maybe God has abandoned me. Even with our work, when we started our work, we may grow to become very successful. We may be really good at what, what we're doing, but then there will come a phase, this middle phase of life where you'll be struggling. You'll be struggling to, you know, to even make any profit out of your business because you've reached a stagnant point. And even in those situations, you'll feel like maybe God has abandoned you. And sometimes with church, you know, when you begin the church, when you begin a fellowship group in your colleges, it will seem like, you know, the fire of God is there. The presence of God is there. But six months later, there will be no fire and no presence. And you'll be wondering, God, what is happening? Feelings of abandonment may come. You may feel as if maybe God is not moving like he used to. Even when you think of your spiritual lives, the first year of your spiritual growth was awesome. You would give testimonies every Every couple of months, you know, give testimonies, oh, God did this in my life. But now we may look back and say, I don't know when, I, when, when, when was the last time I shared my testimony. Because I stand up for testimony and I don't know what God has done in my life. 
I don't know what to share. See, in those moments, this feeling of maybe God has abandoned me might come into your life. Into your life. Lack of blessings can often be the cause. But I'm going to share with you how you can deal with all of these things. And also the other reason, the third reason why Psalmist David asks this question, How long, O Lord? He asks this question because you know what he was experiencing? He had dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions. If you turn to verse 2, what does it say? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? You know, that's a nice way of putting or saying that there is a dark thought in my mind or there's an uncontrollable emotions. Now, I'm sure you understand what I mean by dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions. Like even when you're doing something normal, you'll feel like maybe I can just jump off this bus. Maybe I can do something. Maybe something bad will happen to me. All these evil thoughts will surround you sometimes. These unnecessary dark thoughts that keep going on. An uncontrollable emotion where you will be sensitive even to small things. Someone says something simple, you will show an uncontrollable anger. These are things that happens to people. And psalmist is expressing, expressing, saying, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? You see, whenever we no longer sense God's blessing, we tend to pour out our failures and get into this sort of cycle where our thoughts rule us, where our thoughts will give an explanation to everything, where our thoughts will begin to lead us, when emotions will take over our life. And I tell you, when emotions take over your life, you reach a very challenging phase. You reach a very challenging phase. When emotions take a control over your thoughts, that is when you lose control over all your relationships, over everything else. And one of the reasons for dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions to come into your life is because of prolonged sickness. When a person is sick for a long time, dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions might come into their life. I shared about Charles Spurgeon, who was one of the greatest preachers. And he struggled with depression. You know why? Because he had a prolonged sickness in his body. He had inflammation of the joints and uh, uric acid in the blood, excessive uric acid in the blood. So he was struggling with sickness for a long period of time. And so because of that, he had depression. Because he would go out and preach and come back home and struggle with his own sickness. He would go out and lay hands on somebody. Everyone else will get healed, but when it comes to you, you're like, God, when are you going to heal me? These kind of thoughts can even make us feel depressed sometimes. And we have to learn how to battle them. We have to learn how to overcome them. And when people come to us and share what they are experiencing, we should give a hand to them. We should offer counsel to them from God's word and say, hey, it's normal. Because often when I talk to people who are depressed, they feel as if they are the only ones in the world who are struggling. They'll feel as if they're the only ones in the world that are going through so much sorrow. That is a lie that the enemy speaks so that they can isolate themselves from everybody. 
The enemy speaks that lie. You know why? So that they won't ask anybody for help. See, if I know that you are good at something that I am not very good at, then I'll come and ask you for help. But if I feel like nobody knows what I'm going through, then I won't share. People who walk through depression will always feel like they're the only ones in the world. But the reality is, everyone struggles with it at some point in their life. So when people come to us, we have to offer them counsel saying, hey, guess what? Even David was struggling with it. But there is a solution. Even David was going through dark thoughts. Even David was having these uncontrollable emotions. If, if you're going through it, if you're going through depression, or if you're going through anxiety, it's okay. Because even the greatest men of God struggle with it. But everyone at some point has learned to overcome all of that. Amen. I'm talking, I'm also touching on the area of mental health issues, which is really important, I feel. Because sometimes uh, these issues are not addressed enough. That's what I feel in church. I've been in church all my life. And these issues are not addressed enough. But when I sit with people and talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, you should hear their stories and you'll be shocked. You should hear their stories of what's, what's going through their mind in the night, in the mornings, and what they're dealing with every day in their life. And you'll be shocked. When we look at God's word, you know what it does? It offers us comfort, counsel. Are you going through a tough time? Are you going through difficulties? Are you suffering with depression? Pour yourself out before the Lord. Because when you look at the life of the psalmist, he tackles all of this. And if you go to verse 3 and 4, we find a solution there. We find a solution in verse 3 and 4. Psalmist begins with expressing his, his feelings, his his circumstance before the Lord and then he goes into a time of prayer saying consider and answer me verse 3 and 4 consider and answer me O Lord my God light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him and lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken what you can learn from these two verses is that we need to pray consistently and urgently. If you're walking through a dark time, don't stay away from prayer. If you're walking through a dry season of life, remember prayer is the urgent thing that you need to do. See, many times when we go through that, you know, the, the dark, dark phase, it's always easy to, you know, sit and wonder, God, my life is terrible. God, this is happening to me. Okay, you can express, but don't just stop there move to the next place where you say, God, look at my situation. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. So Psalmist begins with expressing his feelings and then goes into a request to the Lord. And he prays and his prayer tells us it's consistent, it has to be consistent and it has to be urgent, especially when we are facing this feeling of abandonment. So he begins like the saying, consider. That's the first word he says. In the New Living Translation, the word turn is used. Turn to me, O God. And in the NIV, look on me is used. Now I'm sharing all these things so that you can understand what the psalmist is praying to God. So he begins by saying, consider, turn and look on me 
and answer me, O Lord. And second, he uses the word answer me. First is consider and second is answer. And the third word he uses, that is light up my eyes. So let me say this again. The psalmist makes a prayer and it can be broken down into three parts. First is consider, look on me, O God. Because when you feel like God has abandoned you, your prayer can be as follows, saying, God, turn your face and look on me. Now, it doesn't mean that God has turned away from you. It doesn't mean that God is looking somewhere else. He knows you. He sees your situation. But a prayer like this will realign yourself with the Lord once again. You see, if you look at the life of Hagar, she was sent away from Abraham's house and she's out in the desert. And uh, what was, and, and the Lord, angel of the Lord appeared to her, God appeared to her. And what did she say? Now I have seen the one who sees me. Which means she understood all along who was watching her, God. And now God has opened her eyes to see. See, often our prayer will be, God, turn your face, look at me, you know, see my situation. There is nothing wrong in praying like that. What will often happen as you pray is that God will open your eyes to see that he is already watching over you and looking at you. So Psalmist David begins like this saying, look on me, consider and answer me. Why it's important to make a prayer like this? Because our feelings will often tell God has turned his face. But when you pray saying, God, look on me, you will be taught once again that God never hid his face from you. So the first prayer that Psalmist makes is, look on me or consider or turn to me. The second prayer the psalmist makes is answer me. The second thing that psalmist asks God is to answer his questions. Why is psalmist saying that? Because you know his feelings, his feelings, again feelings is quite a dangerous thing. Because his feelings is, is telling him that God is no longer speaking to you. And so his prayer is God answer me. It's a very specific prayer and to the point. His feelings telling him that, you know what, God will never speak to you. God will never answer you. God will never answer your prayer request. And in these moments, when you pray saying, God, answer me, you are reminding yourself once again that God always answers. Okay, third one. His third part of the prayer is, light up my eyes. In verse 3 he says, light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. What it means here is that he's asking God to give him light to his eyes so that he can be restored back to full physical and mental health. The reason why Psalmist makes this prayer is because his feelings have told him a lot of things and as a result, he has become weak and grown weak. If you see people who are struggling with anxiety or depression, sometimes they'll even have a weight loss. They'll lose weight. They won't have an appetite to eat. A lot of things will happen to them. But in these moments, when you say, God, light up my eyes, what you're asking for is a full physical and a mental restoration. Amen. And what God does is that he will extend his healing touch over your life. 
So eventually we see that David recovers his trust in the Lord and looks forward to the day when he'll be fully able to praise him for his goodness. What David does here is that he tackles every feeling in prayer. What I want to encourage you, church, is pour out yourself before the Lord. Don't be hesitant in sharing what you're going through. At the same time, end it with a prayer because when you pray, your situations can change. One of the challenging things to do when you're depressed or when you're going through a certain situation is to pray. You'll ask the whole world to pray for you. You'll say, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Please uphold me in your prayer. But when it comes to yourself, it'll be difficult to pray. But what we see in the life of the psalmist is that he expresses his feelings and then he prays. And then he prays. And as he prays, God changes him and he expresses that in the last two verses. I want to look at one more passage before I finish. If you could turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hebrews 4:15 says like this about Jesus, whom we pray to. It says like this: For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. What we see here is that we have the God, the God whom we pray to. You know what he does? He understands the human weakness. The God whom he worships knows what humans go through because he came down to this earth and walked like one of us. He lived like one of us. And the Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. You look at Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. What was his prayer before, we, before he goes to the cross? What does he say? Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but let your will be done. Why is Jesus praying like that? Because he knows what's going to happen to him. He knows what the future is like. He knows how the suffering is going to be. But before all of that, he's making a prayer. And that shows his humanness. If it is possible, take this cup from me. Sometimes we may look at the calling and the gifts that God has placed to our life. And it may be like a burden. It may be like a burden. It may be like a burden that's too heavy on our shoulders and we may tell God, God, I wish I had a much more simpler life. Because you know why? When I go out on the streets, I cannot control myself but share the gospel. When everyone is enjoying their life, I'm thinking of their soul. I'm thinking of salvation. I'm praying for people. Maybe I could also enjoy like that, but the call that you've placed over my life is making me sometimes feel like there is a heavy burden on my shoulders. I don't know, sometimes, you know, I would feel like, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, when tough times come in ministry, I would say, okay, maybe if I ran a business or did something or did that, this, I would have been in a better position. Thoughts like that come. And when thoughts like that come, I would think to myself, what am I saying? What am I thinking? God is going to get angry with me. God is going to get offended with me. But as I meditate on this verse, I realize that God understands our doubts, our failures, our weakness. Sometimes we want to do so many things for him, but we're not able to accomplish anything. Let me remind you, God understands your weakness. He sympathizes with you and he will help you become better. We do not worship a God who is waiting with a rod 
to beat us and to send us to hell, but rather is waiting to uphold us in his arm so that we can live for him once again. You look at the life of David. What was he called? A man after God's own heart. And the Bible says at the end of his life that David lived a full life, a good life. He lived a very peaceful life and died and rested peacefully. You know why? It's the same point. This is the same man who was telling God, how long, how long this, how long that? He was expressing his doubts and, and depression and everything before the Lord. But at the end of his life, he died as a peaceful man. You know why? You know why? Because God carried him through. When you pour out your heart before the Lord, when you pray about every situation to the Lord, he will come to your rescue. He will help you. So don't be hesitant. When you go into a time of prayer, pour out your heart before the Lord, pray, ask him for help. And he will change any and every situation. Amen. We worship the God, Jesus, the only one, no one like him, only one who is able to sympathize with our weakness. He understands anything that we go through. Amen. So let's hold on to that hope and let's live for him every day and spend time alone with him. As you do that, you'll grow in a deeper relationship with him. Shall we stand up in prayer? Maybe this sermon is for you. Or maybe you're someone who hears this and says, okay, pastor, thank you for the word, but I'm not going through any tough times. Whatever situation you are in, this is something that will give you an insight into how God works. Because many times we are afraid to tell what's happening. We're afraid to share our difficulties, but the reality is God says, come unto me, come to me. You feel like you're burdened in life. You feel like you're going through a lot. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. We worship a savior, Jesus, who understands the human weakness, who knows and sees your every situation. I don't know about you. See, after the lockdown, my life drastically changed. I went from working to eight hours to 10 hours a day to working to three to four hours a day. And sometimes I would go back home and I would get so angry, I would get so upset because I don't get to work as much as I want. Life has changed so drastically. And whenever I go into prayer, I'd be thinking, God, maybe you're not pleased with me. Maybe you look at my life and you're thinking that I'm not doing enough. But let me tell you, as I was meditating on this verse today morning, I realized that God understands my situation. That God knows the limitations I face day after day, day after day. And He's there to help me. Not to condemn me, but to help me. I tell you, when I realized the truth, it made me so grateful to the God I worship. It made me so grateful I've come to understand that my God is the one who is there for me. He's for me and not against me. Even when I fail, even when I falter, His grace upholds me. Many times we, we go too hard on ourselves. 
We go too hard on ourselves, but the reality is, is that His grace upholds us. May we hold on to that grace forever. Not boast on our strength, not boast on what we can do, but hold on to His strength forever and ever. Father, we want to thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you've spoken to us through your word. Thank you for reminding us that you are the God who sympathizes with us, who understands the human weakness. We thank you. We love you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. Oh, we are so grateful. We are so grateful that you listen to us, that your ear is open towards us, that you hear our every cry, that you hear our every request. We thank you for all that. We thank you for all that, Master. We love you, O Lord. We love you. Oh, we worship you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to...